Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read 1 through 4. And it, and it came to pass that as he was praying in, the, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Precious Lord, we say thank you for the Lord. Thank you for the Lord's prayer. Thank you for us like his disciples wanting to learn more about praying and how to pray and be better at praying. Father, we ask right now that you be with us as we open up the scriptures and learn about the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kind of threw us off, didn't I? Reading out of, reading out of Luke is different than the Lord's prayer in Matthew. And, and some of you hesitated. And, and when I was studying the Lord's Prayer in Luke, I, I almost went to the, say, ah, I want to go back to what I'm familiar with. But Luke, as a doctor, he descriptive a little different. Not much. But the meaning is still the same. Amen. It says, and it came to pass. These are the disciples walking with the Lord. That as he was praying in a certain place, how about that? When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, just in verse one, and 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 and, and I was saying this morning, you can get you can get a couple things out of every verse. You should be able to get, John MacArthur used to say, you ought to be able to get five sermons out of every verse of scripture. How about that? Here's Jesus. And he was praying in a certain place. Jesus was always praying. Prayed a lot. How about that? Jesus prayed a lot. We'll give you a couple of examples of him praying that we can take note of. And and said she was going to her grandson's baptism. You know, Jesus prayed at his baptism. The Bible says in Luke 321, it said when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that when Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. Jesus prayed all the time. He prayed at his own baptism. Here's where here's one that I really, really like. Jesus prayed in the wilderness. How about that? The Bible says he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. That's a good lesson for us because even though we down on this earth, we have a whole lot of wilderness stuff going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Wilderness, wilderness in the Bible means there's times of, of danger, times where isolation. The Bible says Elijah heard a, a still small voice when he was in the wilderness. Hagar and Ishmael were in the wilderness and they were in danger and, and they needed deliverance. And that deliverance had to be divine because they wanted no one else around. And, and, and Hagar prayed and God saved her and Ishmael. How about that? In the wilderness, the people were complaining of her need for food and water. And we know God provided food 
He's provided manna from heaven. He provided water from the rock. And he provided quails. Quails just are falling out of the sky. How about that? Here in Luke 8, 9, 18, it says, And it came to pass, he was alone praying. How about that? The Bible speaks about, a lot about us being alone praying. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with praying corporately just as, 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 as Jake just did and Jeremy does on a weekly basis and Sylvia does. And I'll just call Blanche out and Blanche will pray for us. That's, that's a good thing. But I, I, I believe there's a time where we ought to get into our closets. We ought to get unto our closets and we ought to get personal with the Lord. We ought to get one-on-one with the Lord. We don't have to blast it out. We don't have to get online and talk to, tell anybody else to pray for me or join in with me. Sometimes we just got to do like Hezekiah did. We talked about Hezekiah last week. Hezekiah just, he heard the news that he was sick and was going to die. And the the word of God says, and and Hezekiah turned to the wall. Mm -hmm. He turned to the wall. So, when I hear people praying, and I and, I, and y'all know it's a pet peeve of mine because people are quick to say I'm praying for you. <sighs> and, and 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 I'll tell you, I'm just I try to be as truthful as I can. I'm as guilty as, as anyone in this room. And I'll tell somebody I'm praying for him, and I'll forget and not pray for him. Okay. And I don't pray for him. I'll say I'm praying for you, and 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 really, really, what I really mean is. I'm thinking about you. I'm concerned about your situation. But when we before we can say we're going to pray with someone, I think God gives us a real formula here. He gives us a real model here, okay, of how we ought to pray. And I, and I just want, I want us to see eh, maybe five or six things out of this sermon today. First of all, first of all, he says our father, okay, our father. Uh, and, 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 a, and a father is... is Sometimes close with his family. Then sometimes the father may be distanced from his family. You may have a father that, you know, the father I had, you know, he came home and, and, and he was in the house. And we knew when he was coming home, we knew when he was going to work. And at the same time, he was still the father. He was still our father when he was at home and when he's at work. Amen. Okay. God is, God is still our father when he's close to us, even though this text says, he art in heaven. Faith. You see faith in this text. Faith is in this text because Jesus is saying, our father who art in heaven. We have a father in heaven. We have a father on this earth. I know Jesus is close to us. He's close to me. Okay. Then we see worship in this. We see worship in this text. We're going to go over these. Hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed mean Holy. God is holy. God is holy. We serve not only a risen Savior, but we serve a holy Savior. And, and, and there's a text in the Bible that says without holiness on our part, no man shall see the Lord. So, so we serve a holy God, and as his children, we ought to be holy Holy don't mean perfect. Holy mean we ought to be right with God. Okay? We ought to live a life that is pleasing to God. We ought to want to live holy lives. Then we see submission. You see submission in, 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 this, in these verses. You see submission. He said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're going to sit here and as, as God's people, we may not like everything that happens to us down here. We may go through some trouble down here. Some, we may have those wilderness moments. We may have some times where, where, where it seems like God is blowing on our lives. And we're in the storms, in the midst of the storms, and we're going through the ups and downs. But God is still our Father who art in heaven. Amen. Then you see a petition in these verses. You see a petition. You see a plea. You see, you see here, God is saying, this is the model prayer. So if you're going, if you trying to reach God, okay, you got to be dependent on him. 
See, a lot of times people are praying for you and, and, and they ain't right with God. You hear me say all the time. And I, and I say it. I, I say it. I say You got to be careful who praying for you. You don't want to be asking everybody praying for you. And I mean, hey, you know, anybody, everybody can't pray for you. Okay. And, that, and that's not that's not condemning someone wanting to pray. That's that's a good gesture. You know, and I think it's I think it's more of a gesture than anything. I'm going to pray for you. Y'all know my standard answer. Who you praying to? I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem you praying for me, but I need to know you praying to. Okay. Because you might be praying to Buddha. You might be praying to a rock. You might be praying to the sun god. You might be praying to the wind god. Okay? You, you, you don't know who. I want you praying to, to God. Who so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to be praying to the God who had a son named Jesus who walked this earth for 33 and a half years, died on a cross, was buried and rose on the third day. Is that who you're praying Amen. to? Amen. And if they say, yeah, that's what I'm praying to. That's what I love and worship and adore. Then you just pray for me. Here's a confession. Here's a confession in this prayer. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Some folks ain't some folks ain't in the right place to pray for anybody. And I, and I, it's just it's just this is how we learn. Jesus is teaching. The disciples said to him, "Teach us to pray." And and what Jesus said, make sure you write with God before you extend prayers to anybody. Amen. Okay. And, and, and he says, and forgive us of our debts. How about that? Make sure, make sure that you have asked God to forgive you before you go to him on behalf of somebody else. That makes sense? Amen. I, I, I think when I was going through this, I'm, I'm, you know, like I tell you, a lot of times when you're working through these sermons and stuff, they're they speaking to you. Mm-hmm. They work. Make sure you write with God. You can't go to God. You got an attitude. You mad at somebody. You mad at you ain't spoke to somebody that you love. You and your wife is beefing. You and your kids is beefing. And you you going to God on behalf of somebody else? Amen. Huh? Compassion. Watch this. He he follows up confession with compassion as we forgive our debtors. How about that? That? How about that? Then there's a dependence. There's a dependence that this person who is, is praying to God, if you're gonna want if you want to pray better, if you want to pray better, watch this, and lead us. How about that? I don't need to have to read all the rest of it, but you want God leading you. Amen. Okay? You want God leading you. He said, and lead us not into temptation. Lead us. Lead us. If, if God leading us, we on the right way. Amen. The Bible says somewhere, he said, the, the steps of a good man or woman is ordered by the Lord. Is ordered by the Lord. And then acknowledge him as God. I like what I hear people praying and they acknowledging God as God. Remember the thief on the cross? He didn't have much to offer. He didn't, he didn't have no lessons in how to pray. He just said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. How about that? One of the great prayers of the Bible. Some people think you got to pray for 45 minutes. Somebody, somebody, some people may have a gift to pray for, for 30 minutes. But most of your prayers you're going to find in the Bible are going to be short and to the point. Okay. Acknowledgement. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let's 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 walk through it. Who was who was Jesus' disciples? I'm reading, I'm reading verse 11, 1, and it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees one of his disciples said unto him, one of his disciples. You know who, who were Jesus' disciples? Jesus had 12 disciples. Two of them 
came directly from John the Baptist when John was out in the wilderness ministering and baptizing people. Two of them came there. If you, if you turn to John 141, you don't have to, but Andrew was the first disciple. And when Andrew, when Andrew met the Lord, he immediately called his brother Peter. Those were John's disciples. John had taught them to pray. They must have been really good at it because sound like the disciples wanted to be better at praying. At, by the tone of the verse, it says, and he came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he sees one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. That's the cry of a disciple. That's the cry of the follower of God. He want to be taught, want to learn. You want to grow in, in grace and knowledge and wisdom. That's, that's, that's there. I, I don't give you, you want to take a, Test and see if you really, if you really on the right road, ask yourself, do I really want to learn about this Jesus? Do I want to learn about this heaven? Remember I told you the story? A little boy, the little boy, father traveled all over the world, traveled all over the world, traveled all over the world. Him and his son, the boy would sit down and talk about, and he would talk about everywhere he was going. No matter where he was going, he'd sit there and talk to his boy. I'm going here. I'm going to I'm going to Rome. I'm going to Germany. I'm going to Australia. Okay. And then his father passed. His father passed away. And, and at the funeral, everybody was telling his his they was telling this little boy. They said, Well, your father's in heaven now. He's in heaven now. And the little boy said, My father traveled all over the world. He never talked to me about going to heaven. You gotta learn about this Bible. We gotta learn about the heaven that we're going to. We got to learn about it. We got to know something about it. When we said before the Lord, we want to know something about it. God may ask us some questions. I always ask you. I always say that. God asks you some questions. Do you know my son? Do you know my son? Have you met him? Did you adore him? Did you worship him? John taught his disciples to pray. How about that? Imagine being taught how to pray by John the Baptist. That'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? You, you know, here's a guy out in the wilderness wearing a wool, a wool blazer, eating locusts. And, and, and when, the, when, the, when, the, when the folks came to him sideways, John said, John called him out. Amen. But he also was a man of prayer. Listen, we talk about Jesus praying all the time. Everywhere he went, on all occasions. But, but, but Jesus, we, we talked about this this morning. Jesus didn't have a sin nature. Jesus wouldn't have a sin nature. So we got a sin nature. So we, we got to make sure we write before, before, before we stand before God. We want to make sure we write. You know, give Jacob time to meditate. Sometimes you Jacob come in and we'll call him cold. Hey, you want to pray for us? And I, I'll talk for a little while because I'm, I'm giving him time to gather his thoughts. Okay? We don't want to just rush into God's presence. Okay, we want to we, we can sit here. And we don't want to run into God's presence. We want to meditate a little bit. Think about what we're going to say. Think about what we're going to how we're going to approach God and make sure we approach God. How? Correctly. Amen. Correctly. Okay. These disciples, these disciples wanted to be properly taught how to pray. And that's something we all should desire. Everyone should want to be the best at praying as we can be. And, and again, I don't mean standing before people. Even when you go into your closet, when you get into your little closet, you want to make sure that you write with God. Remember, that closet could be your drive to work. Okay? Amen. That closet could be your lunch break. Okay? That closet could be just you sitting in the garage. You hear me telling all the time. I'll just come home sometime, and before I go in the house, I'll just sit in the car and, and just process some things. Think about how God has been with me all day and has given me, given me the faith to do some of the tough things that I have to do as a hospice chaplain. I just say, thank you, Lord. A lot of times you just have to say, thank you, Lord. Okay? Okay? And like I say, it's, I think it's mandatory. Every believer should be faithful in prayer. That should be something we all desire. Let's keep going. Let's look at, let's look at, chap, let's look at verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. I, I, I hope I got enough out of verse number 1 because this is so rich. But in verse number 2, after they asked him to teach us to pray, 
He, you notice Jesus didn't hesitate. He didn't ask no question. He didn't say why you want why or anything. He just went right into it. He said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, when, when a word like when you pray means when you pray. You should always be praying. Okay? Prayer, prayer should be a, a, a big part of the believer's life. When you pray, say this. Our Father. How about that? That's kind of personal, ain't it? That's kind of personal. Our Father. Our Father talks about a personal relationship with God. A close relationship with God. I'm 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 always reluctant to call folks uh, folks fathers. I, I I told you the story. I I worked as a mm-hmm. as a chaplain with the police department, and 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 all the all the Catholic priests would come down, and 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 everybody it didn't matter. Everybody called him father. I, I that kind of troubled me. Uh, I had an earthly father at the time, and and I I didn't call him father. I didn't call him dad. You know, um, Jesus says. Say it like this, our Father. How about that? Our Father. Which art in heaven. Art in heaven. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? He's in heaven. But he's in earth too. He, he, he's, what the, what the theological word for that is, he is, Omnipresent. He's our father down here and he's close to me. And he's also in heaven. Jesus is saying, our father is a powerful man. Our father is a powerful man. And when you when you bow your knees to pray to God, you're praying to the God of both heaven and earth. He says, our father, which Art in heaven. And then he goes into the hallow be thy name. Now remember, he's teaching us to pray. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't make sure you come to God correctly. He's, a, he's our father, which art in heaven. And he is holy. Remember, remember the story in, in, in Isaiah. And I, and, I, and I talk about Isaiah a lot because it was, it was just so unique. Isaiah says, he says, I went into the, to the temple and he says, I saw the Lord. How did he see him? The Bible says he saw him high and lifted up. And the Bible also says his train filled the temple. And the seraphims that was around him called out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He is a holy God. Okay? He is a Holy God. And John and 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 and, and Jesus is teaching in the prayer says, listen, hallowed be thy name. Come to God with all that respect. Don't 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 start your prayers off with gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme. Okay? Because if you put it everything in order, you're gonna come and you're praying to a God that that run both heaven and earth. I said it this morning. You know, if God is your father, okay. And most of us in here that had children, we didn't. We, I, I, I use Jake on this. Jake, the children, Jake's kids does not don't have to call them and say, "Dad, Mom, I need new shoes." He looking at them. He's looking at them. They, you can tell they need new shoes. You can tell that the clothes are starting to get tight and they starting to run up their legs. High water. We used to call them back in the day. You know, kids don't. The kids don't. They just put them on. But because you are his, their father or their mother, you look at them and you know their needs before they even ask. So if you, if the father is true, your father that art in heaven, and you have a relationship with him, you really, you're really going to him for needs is, is really secondary because he knows what you need before you even ask. So you want to keep that father close to you. You want to keep God close to you. Okay. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. How about that? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How about that? He's your Father. What's He going to do? He's going to take care of you. Amen. He's going to make sure you have the things that you need. 
And if you go through a struggle, he's going to be there with you. Many of us, many of us that have children, they go on astray. They, we, we still there. Amen. We still there with them. We still love them. Can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them. Our father. They, they talk about what happened to the home. I hear this all the time. What happened to the home? What happened to the family? Took the father out. Not the earthly father. They took the heavenly father out. See, once they take the heavenly father out, it's easy for the earthly father to leave. So you keep the heavenly father in the home. When you keep the heavenly father in the home, and, and, and he's the preserver of the home. He's the preserver of the human family. So if you take the preserver of the human family out of the home, you don't have a home. You don't have a home. Yeah, mom. You talk, you talk to you talk to, to to people who've been married and 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 both of them love the Lord. They got they got they got a little bit of strength that some folks don't have. And I I, I know that I instantly I instantly became a better husband when God saved me. Okay, I became a better husband. I became a better father. I became a better I became a better person when God saved me. And and some people say, well, you wasn't that bad when God. You know, you don't know how bad I was. Amen. Amen. Okay. But I became better. And every everybody in here that is saved became better when they got saved. Okay. How do I know? How do I know? How do I know if I'm a child of God? That, see, those are the kind of questions I would I would ask. Well, how does how do I know that I'm a child of God? Some people struggle with that. Listen. I give you biblical answers, Mary. But but you are not in the flesh. See, before we were before we were saved, we was in the flesh. When you hear that flesh, before we were saved, we was in the flesh. But in the spirit, once we got saved, now we're in the spirit. We're not in the flesh. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, Christian. The spirit of God dwell in us, and greater is He that is within us than He that is in the world. See, the flesh is is controlled by the world. The flesh is controlled by lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. But the spirit, okay, the spirit of God that's in us gives us a desire for the things of God. Gives us a desire to want to be holy and want to be right. Okay. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And he shouldn't be praying for you. Because there ain't but two spirits in the world. If you ain't had the spirit of Christ, I don't know. That's pretty plain to me. There's my verse. I turn to it. Listen, let me keep going. We talk about the personal relationship with the Lord. We talk about hallowed be his name. We talk about thy will be done, be it submissive to God. And we talk about this petition here where he says, give us this day our daily bread. That's a fascinating verse. You remember the story about the manna when the manna came from heaven? How much manna did they take every day? Just enough for one day. If they took enough for two, the manna would spoil and start to stink. And, 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 and you know, everything that's spoiled don't have to stink. Okay? Some things don't have to stink. But I, I believe the Bible said it, it, it stank. The Bible said it stank. Meaning, meaning everybody in that camp would have known what you did. And I, I don't believe it just happened once in a while. I think, I, think, I think because of the nature of the people that was in the wilderness, I think, they, it, I think it stank a lot. Okay? Somebody's... I, I go into these nursing homes, and you know, and some of them now they say well, you don't have to wear a mask. Some of them I just wear a mask. Some of them I go into, depending on the time of day, I wear two masks. All right, I don't have a problem with that N95 on because some of them be it it, it stinks. Okay, why did he say just enough for one, one day, one day? This this is interesting to me. Okay, because if them people, if them people in the wilderness, just like us, if, we, if God gives us enough bread for a year, guess what we would do? Uh -huh. We would just call on the Lord 
when we needed some bread. I think right now we living in a day where a lot of saved folks, so they say they saved folks, they got enough bread to last them for a year. Okay? So when he says, he says, give us this day our daily bread, he's saying that for a reason. God wants us to depend on him. Okay? And you got too much bread. I always say, you know, the Bible says, well, I don't always say, the Bible says that it is easier For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. Why? Too much bread. Too much bread. There's a listen, listen, a lot of churches is empty on Sunday morning because folks got too much stuff. Okay? Folks got too much stuff. Okay? They, They got too much, they got too much money. They got things going on, going on cruises, summertime come, golf courses open, then, you know, they dragging their idols behind their cars and big old boats and stuff. You know, see that, see that stuff. Sunday is the day of relaxation in America. Amen. That's what it's become. Back in the day, back in the day, I can remember back in the day, churches would be full. Okay. But there was only one McDonald's on Belmont. There was no 224. Now, now folks are going to restaurants. That's the day. That's the day I relax. That's the day I just, I don't, you know, I just forget about God. Somebody, so we was talking this morning. I used to golf. I used to golf. I used to golf a lot. And, 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 and somebody was saying when God called them, they was at the bar. They said the bar. Why am I in this bar? God has called me. Why am I? They just, they just, person said, they just got up and left. And I was golfing. And 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 and, and, I, and God had called me to the to the pastorship, pastor, to the preaching ministry, and I'm out here with these golfers, and and I would get in the group, I would get in the groups with some of the people who said they was Christian. There was a couple pastors in the in the golf league, and I would I would try to get in there foursome, and you know at least I could talk to some people about the things of God, and so I get into the foursome with this one brother, and and he was a minister, and so I you know I'm just me, you you hang out with me, I'm gonna talk about the things of God. I started, I mentioned something about God. He said, I don't, I don't do that on Mondays. He said, I don't do that on Sundays. Then he went home and fire up cigarettes. And, and after the thing was over, he had a he had a fifth of liquor in his golf bag. I was like, and I, and I was like, why am I out here with these folks? I said, why am I out here with these folks? Seriously. And, and, you know, God uses people to move you. See, sometimes we don't, we don't think like that. God will put people in your life to move you to your next place. Amen. Amen. He will. He'll use some folks just to chase you out of a place. <sighs> Let's see if we can see some compassion in here. I, 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 I like this because this, this verse is, is saying, you, you know, don't come to me in prayer if you're not compassionate. Do y'all see compassion? Do y'all see compassion? What verse I'm in? Three? I didn't do it like I wanted to because I usually put all my scriptures together. But look at verse number three. Stay with me, please. I was telling, telling Columbus I just had too much going on. And forgive us our sins. There's confession. You want, you, want to, you want to make sure you're praying better. You want to make sure you're praying better. I want, I want, I'm, I'm telling you, I want to pray better. I want to pray better. I want to pray better. I'm like these disciples. They, seen, they had seen John's, they had seen John disciples pray. And then they, then they heard Jesus pray. And then they went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. Like John's disciples. There ain't nothing wrong with having a godly jealousy, you know. I want to be better because I want... Paul said, follow me as I do what? Follow Christ. I don't have no problem. You shouldn't have no problem following Paul. Okay? Because Paul was following Christ. So he's, these, these disciples, are Jesus saying to them in verse number four, forgive us of our sins. That's in the Lord's Prayer. He said, you want to learn how to pray? Ask God to forgive you your sins first. Forgive us of our sins. Make a confession. 
None of us got it all together. I, I, I believe when, when Deacon Nelms was here, he would start off his prayers like that all the time. And I, and I, and I, and I marveled at him because I was, I was young at that time. I was just learning some different things about church and how it was run. But before Deacon Nelms would start praying, he would say, forgive me if there's any sin in my life that I have not confessed. Something on that order. Am I right, Deacon Jeremy? Yep. Okay. So we need to make sure we confess our sins. How? On, on a regular basis. Amen. On a regular basis. And see, you know, now I'm not saying don't get up in front of don't get up in front of the church every every Sunday or every Wednesday and start confessing. That's between you and God. This is not this is not we this is not Catholicism, okay? I don't you don't need to bring it to me. Amen. Okay? Because I got enough. I got enough going on in my I don't need yours. So you take your prayers and your sins to your private closet and you say, Father, forgive me. Amen. I see it when you come in here. I see that kind of glory on you. Oh, he been in the closet. Okay? But that's how you do. Forgive us of our deaths. You know, you want to, if somebody say, you pray for me. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Let me, let me, let me work on it. Okay? Forgive us of our debts. Then here's the, here's the compassion part. See, praying is deeper than you, we, we think. I, I, I was thinking about this. Remember I told you with the young, young man, football player, had the heart attack on the field. Then all the prayers start pouring in, just pouring in. It made me think about it. It made me think, where, where are these prayers coming from? Millions and millions of people praying. Sportscasters who never, ever, you know, mention anything about their faith. They're praying on TV. Yeah. And I'm wondering, what's going on? Because when Tim Tebow was praying, they was telling him he couldn't do it. Now it's cool. So I'm sitting here like, what is going on? Let's pray right. I, as we forgive our debtors, that's, that's, that's saying before you go to pray. All right. You make sure you forgiving folks. Make sure you ain't you ain't got a whole list of folks that you you ain't you can't stand. I, I listen. I hope ain't nobody in here like that. I, I you know I run into people and breaks my heart. I I, I had a lady. On my caseload, passed away and told me, don't tell nobody in my family I died. But you, you, you think you're going to heaven? Let me tell you something. You ain't going to be walking the streets of gold and see somebody and want to punch them in the mouth. <laughs> I'm serious. Amen. You ain't going to be up in, if, I, if I see them in heaven, I'll slap them. You, you ain't getting to heaven with that kind of attitude. Uh-uh. Daddy, heaven ain't that kind of place. No. There ain't no boxing in heaven. You ain't going to heaven fighting. You ain't going to heaven mad at everybody. Fists all balled up, walking down, walking down the streets of gold. If I said, let me see him. No, you gotta get your you gotta get your house in order. Amen. You gotta get your house in order. Gene, 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 now listen, Gene been with us, Gene been with me all my life. I ain't trying to tell her age. She ain't that much older than me. She's a young aunt. <laughs> Gene, you remember when my mother died? I told y'all the story. Dr. Perry, Dr. Perry, Dr. Perry came to, my, came to us first in, 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 the, in the little room, said, your mother, cancer is on her liver and it is spreading. She got 90 days to live. Okay. Now I've already told y'all the story. All my other brothers and sisters, you know, they went, they went in there and my mother was like, what did the doctor say? And, and they went in there one by one. It's five of us. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Now it's my turn. Go in. And me and my mother had a different kind of relationship. Amen. And she, she said, Kip, that was my nickname. Don't y'all call me that. <laughs> that was it, Kippy. Gene can call me that. No, she she still call me that probably. She she probably catch herself. She said, Kip, tell me what the doctor said. It's like that. Like she knew all they was all them was lying. Amen. 
Now my sister listened to this. She listened to all my sermons. My one sister, she listened to all my sermons. So she had called me and said, uh-huh, you telling the truth. Because that's what she tell me. And she said, my mother said, Kipper, what did the doctor say? I said, Mom, Dr. Perry said, you got 90 days left. You know what my mother did? I, this, was, this was so crazy. She went out and started forgiving folks. Buying them gifts and stuff and telling them stuff like that. And, and she never was a going to church every Sunday type of woman. But somebody said something else the other day. God gives us a what? A space to repent. See, 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 I'm, I'm just, just kind of way. People say, oh, you, cancer is a cancer. Listen, cancer can be a blessing. Amen. The doctor tell you you got cancer. I, I, you know what? I'd rather somebody tell me you got cancer, you got 90 days lived, than just drop it dead suddenly of a heart attack. Amen. That makes sense. Uh huh. Some of you might have cancer for years. So maybe you got Maybe you. Maybe God gave you years to get yourself together. Take it as a blessing. I didn't had. I didn't had clients on my case. Though they found out they got pancreatic cancer or something. Now come on. Can you come over once a week and teach teach me the word of God? Just like that. They would never. If they dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh huh. Here's a. Here's 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 a, here's how not to pray. This is in the Bible. Here's a guy who's going to teach us how not to pray. Now, I'm just going to read it one time. But I want you to see there's no holiness of God in this prayer. There's no confession of his own sins. There's no compassion in this prayer. There's no dependence on God in this prayer. And there's no humility in this prayer. All those things should be incorporated in our prayers. Holiness, confession, compassion, dependence, and of course, humility. Here's a guy in Luke 18, 9. And he spoke a parable unto a certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He's talking about the Pharisees. He said, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. That I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess in a publican. Standing afar off would not lift up so much his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What do you think? What do you think when you hear, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? I'm going to close. What do you think? What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? Deliver us from evil. I, 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 you, know, I, 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 you know, I got gadgets, bro. So I'm like, deliver us from evil. Google, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil is a movie that came out in 2017 where a demon wrecks havoc on Atlanta. When we think about being delivered from evil, we think about being delivered from alcohol and drugs and sex and food, gambling. That's what we think. Let me give you a biblical answer to deliver us from evil. Because we're talking about being right with God in prayer. And we want to be delivered from evil. Watch what, watch, what, watch what Paul says to the, to the Colossian church. I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you a couple. Because being delivered from evil, we, 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 got, we got some stuff in us. Amen. We got some stuff in us that we got we to gotta get out. We got some stuff in us that, that we're not taking to heaven with us. Okay? So just like Hezekiah, he said, get your house in order. Okay? He says this in Colossians 3.13. He says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as God forgave you, so also do ye. Deliver from evil. Deliver us from the evil of having a heart that cannot forgive. Why is that so important? Because God forgave us. We think we're going to step into God's heaven and he's forgiven us of all our mess. But we can't forgive somebody else. 
There is nothing. There is nothing. And I, and I know there's some people who have been abused and have all kind of crazy stuff that's gone on in their life. I'm not naive to that. I've, I'm not naive to that. But God is bigger than any situation we face on this earth. Okay? There's no situation in our lives that's bigger than God's grace and mercy. Man, that's... Yeah, I'm I in trouble for saying that. Well, I, I stay in trouble. Here, here's, here's another way we be delivered from evil. Here's what it really means biblically. Okay? Ephesians 4.31, you want to be delivered from evil. Listen. I know, I know this is abundant in the world we live in. Paul says to the people, in Ephesus, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Think about some people you I don't want to say you know because no, it means you are intimate with them. No, no, no means you have a friendship with them. But there is people in our in our world that are filled with bitterness, bitterness. And I go on some of the jobs and talk to people, and you can hear the poison and the resentment and the animosity just pouring out of them. And you walking around like that—that is stressful. Then you got wrath. You know, he says, let all bitterness and wrath. Wrath, wrath is a passion. How about that? You, 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 wrath is, you ever, you ever, you ever see somebody get so mad they just start breathing hard? And, 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 and bitterness leads to wrath. It's just an anger that's, that's out of control. Somebody called it a, just an indignation or a lasting displeasure. You ever, I, I, I talk to people who, who've been mad at people for 20, 30 years. Think about that. Been mad at them for 20, 30 years. Carry that thing around. And then be praying for somebody. Here, here's one. Then he says anger. Paul says, deliver me from evil. This is in the deliver us from evil, bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor. It gets stronger. How about that word clamor? Anybody, anybody, that's an old King James Bible word. Y'all know what that word clamor means? Just, just talking. Always want to fight. You ever met somebody like that? Always looking for a fight. Always looking for a fight. Stay away from that kind of person. And then pray that that person be delivered from that. Remember back in the day, back before some of y'all, you know, y'all young, when I was in high school, they, we had an old saying, you know, he, he over there selling wolf tickets. Y'all heard that before, wolf tickets? He over there just wolfing. Ain't going to bust a grape. Deliver us from all that evil. Yes. All that evil. Why is that important as I close? Why is that important? Let me give you this last verse. And I think this is maybe the most important verse regarding this whole situation, this whole, this whole text. Matthew 6, 14, Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest sermons in the Bible. You ever, somebody said, what's the greatest sermon ever preached? Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6 and 7. Listen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, uh-oh, your heavenly Father will also, you said it, Margaret, Forgive you. Uh-oh. Flip side. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, meaning there's some you if you got a person in your life that's still alive today and, and, and you are able to forgive them, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. That, that's, that's, that's why we preach the word of God. And somebody say, well, you know, I don't know if I can do that. Let's tell you what the word of God says. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. Now, what's that mean? 
If you don't forgive down here, you ain't coming in God's heaven with that unforgiveness. This is a heaven and a hell issue. Oh, you put the heaven and hell on it. Yeah, I did. It's a heaven and hell issue. Well, one of the person I need to forgive is dead. Uh -huh. Forgive him anyway. Amen. Go to God and go to God with sincerity and say, Lord, if I heard the man of God preaching today and, and my somebody in my life died and I wasn't able to forgive him while he was alive. But but God, you know, my heart, you know, my soul, you know, my spirit, I, just like they hear, I forgive them. What you think? What do you think? You think God, you think God will say, no, no, God, God, God is compassion. Now, if you go to him like fake, you can play me, but you ain't, you ain't playing God. Amen. But if you're sincere about forgiving someone that you didn't get a chance to forgive while they was alive, God can do it. How do I know, how do I know, how do I know that? Because God can do anything he wanted to. Amen. Okay. And that person might be in hell. God, God, God may send somebody to hell and say, hey, cousin forgave you. <laughs> and you still ain't getting out. <laughs> All right. That's enough. Y'all want another verse? Last one. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also to you if you from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Boy, that's that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Oh, I got some more. That's enough. That's enough. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray this morning. We pray that we be better at praying. We pray that we learn how to pray and, and we learn how to pray as John's disciples was taught. That we would pray with compassion, with repentance, with dependence, yes, with Lord. love, with grace, with kindness, with humility. And that if there's someone, Father God, that would hinder our prayers reaching your ears, someone that, that we have not forgiven. Father God, move our hearts. Give us, give us the grace and the power that it takes to swallow our pride and reach out in love to what may be a heaven and hell situation. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.